the snake is completely taut. You could have like twanged it like a guitar string. You're listening to the Noisy House Project podcast with your hosts, Ben Francisco. Come on, Francisco, let's go. <laughs> Michelle Francisco. I am like... laughing. Justin Balash. All right, quiet down there, Balash. <laughs> and Shana Balash. And without further ado, The Noisy House Project. Welcome back to The Noisy House Project. We are, uh, we're sitting down tonight, we have a couple things we want to talk about, and we're going to lead off, and I'm going to lead off with the title that you will find uh, on the podcast page, What Came First, The Chicken or The COVID? So if you go back to Shana and I's intro and saw us in our yard perhaps you saw the chickens in the chicken coop and maybe firewood stuff like that so let me throw this out and we'll kind of explain a little bit more about why we've chosen to go down that road but if i if i say the word sustainability what do you guys think of i'd probably say the environment and also you know being able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. i picture bear grills and I'm not trying to promote him, but you say sustainability, and that's like where I go. <laughs> the ultimate survival. <laughs> okay. So amidst all the COVID stuff, and we've had our chickens probably for the last four, four years or four so, years, I yep. think mm-hmm. now. So I think we've kind of come across some different people that have gotten into maybe having backyard chickens, getting a couple chickens maybe plant a garden for the first time or something along those lines. And I think some people are doing it maybe in response to, hey, you know what, amidst COVID, I, we kind of went from end of winter into spring with the COVID season. So it was kind of like, hey, if I'm sitting at home and I can't really go anywhere, do anything, I think a lot more people probably ventured into the gardening world this year than they have in the past. For us, for Shana and I, We've kind of had a little bit of the sustainability bug probably for the last, it's probably going going back. I wouldn't say it started when we first got married, but I think after we, a couple years and started having kids and things like that, I think some of the things that drove us to be a little bit more, and I don't really like the thought self-sufficient because I don't believe self-sufficiency is necessarily like achievable achievable (laughs) but also i I guess in my mind i when i think self-sufficient i think lack of dependence more dependent on myself than lack of dependence on god and so i I don't want to cross that Mm -hmm. threshold i want to keep the right perspective you're talking though in practical terms yeah Uh, so yeah so for us the chicken came before the covid would be the answer and I would say it started for us, we use the word homesteading, but we are by no means homesteading at this point. We kind of use that loosely with quotation marks around it. But Justin, early on in our marriage, had a burden for our kids to be able to know how to take care of themselves or survive in any circumstance. You know, so he wanted them to know how to garden. He wanted them to know how to grow stuff, how to be able to kind of survive in, in no matter what life threw at you kind of thing, but also from a very like physical standpoint. We're not going like zombie apocalypse here just for the sake no. of saying that out loud. Um, that's not the direction that we're headed, but it was just more of a sense of wanting to lead 
our children to be able to to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think I remember growing up, my grandfathers, both of my grandfathers always had a small garden. Cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, just a small backyard, nothing nothing extravagant. But I always felt like with my parents, it almost like for a lot of them, it skipped that generation, you know, and I just kind of felt like, hey, you know what? And what I've really found is, yes, I want to be able to learn about it myself, but also pass it along to my kids. But I also found that it's just been it's been a good opportunity to just spend time with kids like in the garden for them to be able to see these little seeds for them to physically in their hands, plant the seeds in the dirt, cover them back up and then to watch food. Mm-hmm. grow a couple of weeks later has just been a it's been a neat experience it's good time spent with them and i i know i've enjoyed it on many fronts from aside from just the practical side of it as well mm-hmm. yeah i didn't have a garden growing up i feel like that was a total skip um but my my dad who lives in a different state he has a massive garden so it's in my blood somewhere i think but i am not so great at it. Usually when our garden goes in, it's it's Justin and the kids. I am a cheerleader. <laughs> really good cheerleader. It's really funny because I kind of come from a very farming type of family. My great grandparents had a farm probably about an hour and a half from here and they had 12 acres. They also were like, um, that might be for an ep- another episode, but... <laughs> They had like a speakeasy during the Great Depression in their basement of their farmhouse that they built themselves. Really interesting, huh? It's during Prohibition. During Prohibition. So they had a huge farm and that's a whole, there are so many great stories that, you know, from that, that I can tell, but they had one daughter. And she and her husband also built their house a couple miles away from her parents. And then they, you know, didn't have 12 acres, but they had about six or seven acres and they had a huge garden. And so my dad, in order to see my mom, you know, on Sundays, he had to work in the garden. That was the rule. So he became a gardener. And then my parents got married and they bought their first house and they had like a little rancher with, I don't know, how how big would you say my parents' house is? I'd say probably there's like about 8,000 square feet <laughs> around the property, maybe 10,000 square feet. So the backyard, the entire backyard was a garden for the first wow. Probably my first seven or eight years of my life until microwaves were invented. And then I don't know what happened. My parents were just tired of gardening. And so they kind of dropped that off. But my mom, I remember working as a small child in the garden and being really tired Mm -hmm. and how much work it took. And they kind of got away from it. So, you know, I never had a desire or a need to have a garden because it seemed like a lot of hard work that mm-hmm. people in my family had done that they had gotten away from. So they didn't really instill that value there. But then I met Ben and Ben has a green thumb and loves to plant and loves to garden. And I'm so thankful for that because I feel like it's such a valuable thing. I'd say it's a little bit misleading because I'm, <laughs> I'm not 
I make mistakes all the time with different things and I have to look it all up and thank God for like YouTube because <laughs> you learn a lot from there. But I do like it. I, I enjoy seeing plants thrive. And I really dislike when certain plants grow that I'm not trying to grow. <laughs> that's a battle often. Or the but critters it, eat it all. Yeah, there's that. I mean, as long, as long as you stay in front of it, you usually can do all right. But, you know, in this day and age with work, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week, you know, family and everything else, you know, sometimes sometimes it can be a challenge to, to have the right amount of time that you spend doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you build it in, then then it can it can work all right. Like right now, we don't have a huge garden. We have containers. So we're doing square foot gardening in containers. Um, I'm actually trying corn this year. Wow. <laughs> in containers. In containers. Container nice. corn. Container so corn. <laughs> they're spaced like... Um, like six, six feet apart? Six inches <laughs> <laughs> apart. <laughs> Close. I had to. So, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it may not be... It may not work at all, but I've seen other people have success with it, so we'll see. That's cool. And I'm also kind of just the cheerleader of the garden. I'm like, yay, that's awesome that our children take part in that and want to be part of it. We have talked about chickens over the years in the houses we've been in. The last two houses have not really been great houses to have chickens. And there was a time when I guess we didn't have our fourth child yet. I was on the phone with my friend who had just moved to Ohio and they were so excited. They gotten chickens and they were embarking on this really kind of homesteading adventure. And um, I was on the phone when she watched a raccoon take the chickens. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. And she's like trying to scare the raccoon away who didn't really care and it was like this horrible scene and i'm on the phone and i'm like i i should you should go and she's like no you have to stay you know and it was so sad and i thought maybe i don't want chickens but then we had our fourth child and you know like some kids want a pony she wants a chicken so we have thought well but, but I think there are hard things that come with chickens. Mm. So how do you guys deal with the hard things that come with chickens? Well, for the record, your youngest gets to live vicariously at our house with chickens. Yes. And that's worked out well. Mm-hmm. She and uh, their youngest and our youngest literally walk around with a chicken under their arm and just chat about life and hold chickens. Over the last couple of years, we've had a couple that we've had to put down. If you get a dozen chicks in the spring... There's a lot of different things that can happen just just with the chicks that a lot of them don't make it. There's a lot of different things to watch out for. I think it's a good process for the kids to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's the reality of, of life. Some of them don't like to watch the process. Some of them don't mind the process and just realize it's, it's, it's part of it. It's part of having animals and life. One year we had one had had a very common kind of thing on its foot. And one of my... One of the kids, like, she was very willing to help, very willing to be a part of it, mm-hmm. very willing to to do whatever. And so, so I think it's, I think it's good. And I was actually, as we were sitting here talking, 
whether it's the chickens or whether it's it's gardening, there's a lot of stuff that they just get to be involved in. One of the things that I think when we kind of embarked on this and went down this road, it was kind of like there's something to be said for as our kids in that generation grows up. Just think about the accessibility to screens and the internet that they have now that we didn't have when we were kids. And so this to me was just kind of like, hey, this gives another opportunity. It gives another outlet. It gets their hands in the ground. It gets them dirty. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of value all across the board that I saw in it and wanted to, wanted to keep doing it. We fought the, the hawks. We fought the, um, things, opossums. opossums getting them at night. They, so there's different things where the kids get to see Snakes and be a too. part of it. That's yeah. a good story. Okay, so if you're thinking about chickens, this is not the story for you. But, Justin, I think you either read it somewhere or someone said it to you, but it was the idea of you learn a lot about life and death on the farm. And we are by no means a farm. We are edging on a farm et. If you even know that that's a word, it is evidently now. So don't picture us on a farm. So we had we have a, we had a chicken coop in the back, and this is just a fun – it's funny. I hadn't realized how many of our memories with our kids – are wrapped up in the chickens or the garden or mm-hmm. chopping wood, stacking wood, cutting down trees, dragging trees. Like there's a lot of memories that now that I'm thinking about hunting yeah. stuff. Yep. But the the chicken story that stands out most to me was so we had our coop and we had it fenced in. So there was a run and one of our, our kiddos was headed out there to get eggs pretty normal task. And she walks out to get eggs. And if I mess up details, tell me, but basically looked in the coop and said, Oh, why did you put a hose in the coop, daddy? And was reaching in for the eggs and, you know, that delay of that moment and went, Oh, 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 that's not a hose. And it was a long black snake essentially that we had actually seen in our front yard a few weeks prior and Justin had decided that that snake was just just going to have to leave the front yard. So we just kind of chased it up a rhododendron bush and they can climb. We watched it climb. It was Ooh, very interesting it was wild. and it was pretty big. Um, so now said snake had returned and was in our coop and got caught red handed, if that's possible, with an egg in his mouth. And so it hadn't swallowed it yet. So Justin, and of course uh, the kids are freaking out. And so Justin goes, and this is just the picture I have in my mind, if you can even go here with me, but he reaches in and he was looking for some type of gardening tool to help kind of pull the snake out. Well, the snake latched its head onto like a piece of wood that was like a support and not even like fully around, just, just like kind of hooked on this wood. And Justin grabbed it by the tail to pull it out. And Justin was full, like he was full leaning back with a leg against the coop and leaning back at full taut. The snake is completely taut. You could have like twanged it like a guitar string and it was not coming. And he's trying to use this hoe to like unlatch the snake from the, from the piece of wood inside. And then finally it gives and this thing comes out. But it was like such a memory and I still could picture it in my head. But yeah, so that was an interesting one that our kids will hold on to for sure for a long time. (laughs) Do you have a way to keep snakes out or do you just accept that they will be there? So where we live, so there's just a common black snake 
in our area, it'd be the equivalent of like a like a garden snake. It's not poisonous, anything along those lines. We do out by us do have rattlesnake that lives out near us. I have not come across one. Mm-hmm. I have had friends who have. So so they're here. I know they're here. We usually see one or two a year in this mm-hmm. probably spring, summertime, something like that. In all of our time, that's the only one that we've ever had in the coop. Never had another one in the coop. Uh, never even saw another one around the coop. It's really funny. Every once in a while, a chicken will find one, a, a baby, something that's only about 12 inches long or something like that. And they just pick it up and run around with it and kind of like pass it like a baton. And, and they just run around <laughs> with it and, and eventually they'll just leave it alone. They don't eat it. They don't do anything with it. But that was the only one that we've ever found in the coop. So I've never really had to do anything to try to keep them to away. try and keep them away and try and keep them out. Well, word must have gotten around. Yeah, about yeah. <laughs> the Don't initial go there. incident. <laughs> but but that's where I think it just it provides an opportunity for the kids just to grow up with something different and to learn just different things about life and things like that. Perhaps you're you know you're like, hey, you know what? I like the idea, but you know what? My town doesn't allow it. And maybe that's not an option. But that's what I like, Ben, like you even said, like, hey, I don't have a lot of room for a garden, but I can I can make something work with what I have. Mm-hmm. And so for you, it's uh, a window box with some some herbs or some mm-hmm. something like that. You know, maybe it's like a half a barrel, you know, flipped upside down kind of a thing or something like that. And you, 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 there's all different kinds of ways that I think you can probably try and venture into it if you're not sure. And I think that's the one nice thing about gardens is, in all honesty, especially on a small scale, they don't cost a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy a bag of seeds for a dollar, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe a couple bucks or something like that. A lot like of libraries that. actually give seeds away. Okay. Not right really? now, obviously, but usually your local library will give you free seeds if you want them. Huh. Hmm. It can cost a lot. Oh, absolutely. That's true. You know, if, if you want to try and get all the newest gear and... Ben the gear guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Like, you know, Absolutely, if you're gonna, yeah. If you're going to buy ben all kinds of gadgets. cool stuff and, <laughs> and a greenhouse and like all, like, you know, a whole bunch of like a hose system to water everything at the right times and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's going to be expensive. But really, you need dirt. <laughs> you need seeds. You need dirt. water. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, out by us is a lot patience. of sand. You need some good dirt. You need time, though. I think you hit on it. Like, it takes a lot of time. And I think even we've been little flabbergasted each year at just that reminder of, oh, yes, this takes that much time. Um, but I think that's the cool thing about COVID right now, dare I say, the cool thing about COVID, but is watching how many people are getting chicks or starting gardens. It's The time home has has pushed people in that direction, which has been, I don't know, it's been really cool to watch. It's funny because I think whether it's whether it's gardening or whether it's splitting wood or whether it's for me, and I think a lot of people, they find this once you venture into some of these things is it can be very therapeutic. Mm. I work with people that be like, I, I'll shoot my bow all year long. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I kind of only kind of shoot it once to make sure everything is ready to go before hunting season and I'm, and I'm good. And I, I, But for me, I find it to be kind of more on the therapeutic side to come home from work and take 10, 20 minutes just to 
mm-hmm. just to shoot a little bit or just same thing with the garden, just to kind of spend a little bit of time in the garden or mm-hmm. we could go out back and just sit and talk and just watch the chickens scratch and peck and stuff like that. And just there's something there's something for me that I would rather be outside than inside. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of lean that way anyway. So anything I can find to do outside, I'd, I'd rather do. And maybe that's not exactly your cup of tea, but I think for a lot of people, I think it's in runners as well as it starts out as you wanted to get started just doing something to get in shape or want to do something healthy, but it becomes this therapeutic thing for you that just becomes it's good physically, it's good emotionally, it's good mentally. I know that we don't have a lot of time left, but because I come from a family of farmers and my parents kind of dropped off from that, mostly because of I think just modern society and our the busyness of our society. How do you keep the joy for your children mm-hmm. in that? Because, you know, when I look at history and look at, like I said, my great grandparents had a farm during the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? So that was like a hundred years ago, right? And we're in 2020 now possibly entering another depression, right? We don't know what wow. is going to happen. I didn't even think um, about the time. Difference. So how do you mm-hmm. keep that going for future generations? And, you know, what what things have you done to be intentional about that? I think finding a way to get them involved in a way that's mm-hmm. not, hey, it's time to go weed. Hey, it's time to go pick. Hey, you have to get out there. Hey, you're not doing it right. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Like I can remember when we first started and I think my oldest, she was probably five or six at the time. Mm -hmm. And I can remember sitting there with a handful of seeds, trying to give her one at a time or trying to kind of let her plant one. And it's like, uh, we just dropped like five. Okay. That's either going (laughs) to have a bunch right there or it's just not going to happen or whatever. So kind of being okay with, and now my then five or six year old over the course of the last couple of years, like trying to set her in the direction of plan the garden. What do you want to grow? Lay it all out. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's be out there. Let's be in it. Let's do it together. So trying to find a transition from this isn't just a chore but it's actually something that you're a part of. It's something you're making decisions in. It's something that we can gear towards enjoyment and not just gear towards a chore. But I think that has a lot to do with how I or Shana set it up for them. That's good. That's good stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing more as your kids grow and how you guys continue to hopefully build a legacy for your family with chickens. So that's all the time we have. We'd like to talk a lot more about this kind of stuff and be able to get some some more insights and, and ideas uh, and, and even hear from you about things that you're doing to try and get into either farming or, or caring for animals in a way that uh, can help your family be more sustainable or self-sustainable. So get in touch with us. Check out our website noisyhouseproject.com and we'd love to hear from you there check us out again on our podcast Noisy House Project thanks everybody we're grateful that you decided to listen to NHP invite your friends and family to the NHP community by sharing a link to our podcast on any of the major podcast platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify 
or you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Noisy House Project or on our website, noisyhouseproject.com. Until next time, press on and fight the good fight in your own Noisy House Project. <laughs>